Hi everyone, my name's Dave. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to the Alpha Stack Podcast, where you can get weekly discussion on everything sports stack. This is a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at Alpha Stack Group. And don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts at www.alphastack.co.uk. Right, enough of the admin. Let's get on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Alpha Stack podcast. We are on episode 15 now. My name's Dave. I've got Jay with me. Jay, how's it going? Good, good. Not too bad. Um, possibly could have had a bit of a better weekend, but sort of some of it I was a little bit slow and hesitant on um, on trading. Like I, I very nearly bought James Ward Prowse twice yesterday, uh, once before kickoff and once before he scored that uh, fantastic free kick. And ah. both times I, I kind of just left it and then had ultimate regret. Right. So the trade, the trade that never happened. Yeah, basically the one that got away. That's a bit of a killer. It is. Yeah. It is. Were you were you profitable otherwise? Um otherwise I think a little bit. Um actually yeah, of course I was because if I'm looking at it from a week to week basis, this time last week I was hemorrhaging money on the likes of Phil Foden. Oh and yeah. Obviously since then we're we're back up to, to quite a decent spot. <laughs> Right, so things have improved for you then, that's good. Thing, things have improved, what about you? Oh God, I mean, <laughs> I I thought I thought I was in a bad place when we recorded last week's podcast and since then it just seems to have got worse and worse. I've had I've had a couple of trades that really just haven't gone well for me and I don't think there's really much you could I could have done about them. So, no, I mean, they'll, they'll all crop up as we go through some of these games. Just before we jump into the podcast, got a, a brief bit of admin. We just want to remind anyone listening, if you haven't already joined the Slack channel, uh, that's kind of the the sports stack hub of the community, as it were. That's where everyone's kind of discussing ideas. Um, everyone's getting their questions answered. If you've got any questions, hop on there. People will be, will be happy to help. Obviously, you can you can feed stuff back directly to Nick and, and the team at Sports Stack too. Any ideas you want heard, um, they will they'll they'll sort of take note of them on there. So make sure you join the Slack channel. We'll drop a link in the description to the podcast. If you can't manage to, to get onto that link somehow, then drop us a message on Twitter at AlphaStack Group and we can send you the link in there and we'll, we'll make sure we get you into the Slack channel. There are exclusive competitions and stuff that go on in there as well. Um, so make sure you join that. Um, is there anything else to add to that, Jay? I think that's it. Uh, pretty much that. Slack, Slack yeah, you, you also get to bug Lewis 24-7 because he's got notifications on for everything. Yeah, Lewis, Lewis <laughs> the Slack moderator, good guy. He's got quite a tough job there if you uh, you keep him on his toes. Um, yeah. Right, straight into the games because as with uh, when we were recording with Ben, oh my God, Jay, there's actually a market opening in three minutes. No, it's not. It's half, it's half six. It's half six? All right, well, I'm yeah. going to cut, cut this bit out anyway. Oh, it's half <laughs> six and quarter two, isn't it? I don't know. So, I think we should leave that in for like the bloopers. <laughs> well, well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, right, but... Still, OK, we've got 18 minutes. We need to fly through some of these games because as when we were recording with Ben a couple of weeks ago, we've got markets opening during the pod. So we're going to have a little break in between and we can come back afterwards, see who we've managed to um, to buy and sell. So let's jump into the games. First up, and this feels like a long time ago now, Leicester nil, Brighton nil. Fairly uneventful game aside from um, one of your favourites, Jay, missing a penalty. Yeah, it was horrible. 
it wasn't even a miss. Like it was, was, wor- it was one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Um, to be honest, I don't even think Casper Schmeichel should have been credited with the save because, let's face it, he really didn't have to do much, did he? <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's the thing. That was quite an easy save, and actually, the fact that Schmeichel saved a penalty, which is worth ten p. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still only ended up with 41, which is low. It's a low payout for a keeper for a keeper who saved a penalty in a game. Yeah, um, absolutely. It was it was just fairly uneventful. I think centre backs tended to score well in that game. I think Dunk was sort of like high 40s. Duffy came on in the first half. He ended up in the 40s, and Soinchu was over 60p. It was a, it was just a fairly quiet game, wasn't it? Yeah, there wasn't much to it at all. Um, no, which was quite disappointing because I think. You know, for Brighton, especially after after that late winner against Arsenal, I kind of expected them to to do something in that game. Um, so where I lost money on Mope because I went long on him, I was lucky enough to bag a fair whack of Shane Duffy just before he came on. Good. Um, so sort of my my losses on Mope were made up and a little bit more by by the Duffy trade, thankfully. Right. Well, yeah. That's. I mean, that's good in-play trading. Um, yeah, you've done well to profit off that game in the end. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. I actually, I think I'd picked. Uh, I think I picked. So I picked Soyuncu for one of the one of the superstat competitions, but obviously I didn't buy him because um, that would have been the sensible thing to do. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I should back myself more probably in some cases. And not in others, I suppose. Um, move on now. Spurs to West Ham nil. This was again quite a turgid game, wasn't it? Yeah, they just although you know two line two nil. Sorry, gives you know gives a decent representation. It just felt. If I think again, this is probably something that we've we've seen ahead of a lot since the restart. The first half is like you could just turn off in the first half. Like the most yeah. exciting thing that's been happening in the first half of games recently, is, at least from a sports stat perspective, is first half injuries, you know, where players have pulled their hamstrings. Like that, that's, that's the most exciting thing that we've seen uh, because of the amount of trading. And, you know, it's like fastest fingers first to either get on the sub who you know is going to come in or try and sell the player who's just gone down. Yeah, that that's where you really need to act quick if you're going to... Uh... If you're going to make money, and that, I, well, in that respect, I've I've not even bothered because generally I'm watching a game at least two three minutes behind. <laughs> yeah, by the time you've seen it, um, they they've already made the substitution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fact, I did I did actually do that in a Brighton game. Um, I saw I saw Martin Montoya warming up on the bench when Lamptey went down injured, and uh, I was like, his yeah. price is still quite low. It was like it was slowly creeping up, so I was like, all right, I'll I'll buy a few. I think I bought like 25. Um, and I text you and you're like, yeah, Lamptey's staying on. And I was like, oh yeah, I am. I am several minutes behind, aren't I? So fortunately that yeah. cost me, I don't know, like two pounds or something. Um, so it wasn't, wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. I actually I actually did have one very good trade in that Leicester Brighton game because I was short Iannaccio from the start. Oh yes, but, of course you were. But I only had one share. Oh, is so, that because nobody matched it for you? <laughs> Yeah, so I had 99 shares unmatched at the 46p that I think I, I sort of whacked bidding at, and I don't, I, I, I kind of thought I'll leave it there if it doesn't get matched, it doesn't get matched, um, and yeah, 
in the end, I I I made fantastic profit on on one share. Um, Spurs in the Spurs game, that was again a story of short trades for me. Uh, I was I was short Daddy Alley from the start of that game, and that worked out quite well. Nice, nice. I was um, I was short Antonio. Uh, because like you've kind of got to on pretty much most of his games. Because apologies, Dan, but West Ham are pretty poor. He's he's just got a really thankless task up front for that West Ham side, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just like commit fouls, you know, try and hold up play, but that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. The nature of his job is kind of like a Deeney or someone. The nature of his job is like he's probably going to be giving away a lot of a lot of points on. Sports stack because he is committing fouls. Maybe he's winning flip-ons, but he's they never they never get anywhere. So he's not completing passes or anything like that. Um, well, the, even even a good flick-on, you need eight of those to make a penny anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. And he, when he's playing up front by himself, he's not going to be flicking on to anyone. So oh, exactly. Um, that is that is a pretty tough job. Um, Wolves won Bournemouth nil. Yes. This I mean this all this all feels uh, quite a long time ago now. It does. <laughs> this is one of the problems that we're going to have uh, just like in general and obviously I know we highlighted it um, in sort of like the first podcast back that we had because with with the way the um, scheduling is there are going to be stuff that we miss out or where it's just it just feels like forever ago yeah yeah exactly I mean I was saying that I was reading the scoreline off and thinking I don't even remember this game. And then at first I thought it was the, the game, the Wolves game against Villa. And then I remembered that this was actually last week. Uh, <laughs> I, I was getting utterly confused. And I can't say I paid a huge amount of attention to this game, but it was another situation where, um, well, Adama comes off the bench for Wolves uh, to make a difference. Um, no, no, sorry. He, he didn't come off the bench. Uh, that's that's my error. I wrote that thinking that he did. He actually started that game. Um, oh, he started the game. Okay, yeah. Fine. So apologies. Uh, that is that is my error. Um, but yeah, forty p payout. It's pretty poor um, for him. Uh, yeah, even Jimenez, who scored the goal, only managed forty seven p. He was tackled five times. Um, however, that is they they're not the real talking points from a sports perspective. Um, in that game because there's one one you really want to pick on right oh absolutely like if you listen to this you've probably read uh the uh latest edition of the numbers and therefore you'll know fully well who this is going to be uh mr callum wilson who ended up on a 9p payout despite playing the full 90 minutes yeah sports that whipping boy he does i mean he doesn't tend to do well but that's that was going another that was going the extra mile, right? It really was. That's the thing. I mean, you'd imagine if you're if you're long him, you'd say the downside is is fairly slim. But he he was he was poor man. I mean, if he paid out even sort of twenty p, that's fairly costly. But it was one of those where he was having an awful game, and you'd expect him to get subbed. And the longer he stayed on, just the worse and worse he got. <laughs> well, this is the thing with Bournemouth. Like, who else do they really have that can come on up front? Because <laughs> Dominic they're, they're so uh, there's there's the problem, right? <laughs> yeah, um, they're so thin now, and you know you, you don't even know if they're going to get a full bench 
um, you know, going forward because you know, even though they've got players that have come back, you know, Brooks has come back, but he's not really going to be able to last 90 minutes because he's not played for a whole year and he's he's still not going to be able to play 90 minutes as far as I'm concerned going forward. No, precisely. Um, they've got they've got some serious issues to work out there, and it's it's quite weird that even thinking at times last season, people were quite excited about Bournemouth and what Eddie Howe was kind of putting together. Yes, and it's it's taken Ryan Fraser being in a bit of a mood and David Brooks being injured, and all of a sudden the strikers can't seem to find any form. It shows kind of like how instrumental those two were, and just the way that that whole team played. Played last year, yeah, exactly. Um, it's quite, it it's great for me from a really bias Welsh point of view um, but it must be terrible for any Bournemouth fan to see sort of the way the team has just crumbled and you know injuries have played their part as well um, yeah but yeah it's just, it's just one of those and again like you I I really didn't pay attention to that game um, at all I, I, I don't even think I had any trade going on on that game no, I don't think I did. I mean, it's worth saying that was one of the the six pm kickoffs on uh, last Wednesday, right? So that was at the same time as the next three games that we're going to cover. Yes. Uh, so yes, that was that was maybe just the least appealing of them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that note, we'll move on now. Norwich nil, Everton one. So the, I mean, this again was was quite a dull game. I had this on the side uh, because it was was this one on BBC? I think it was. Might have been. I, I think, was watching it at the uh, same time as something else. So I think it was on the BBC, yeah. Yeah, so Luca Dini had the assist in this game, didn't he? Yeah, Dini assisted uh, Michael Keane from a corner. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was almost the story of the game. Is like Everton were solid defensively. Norwich really didn't create much. They were playing pretty much a second string, given they had the game against United in the FA Cup at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Norwich did little... Everton didn't create a whole lot. So one of my sort of quasi picks from last week was Richarlison at 50p. And that ended up being being quite a big loss for me. Did you um, just let it run the whole 90? No, I traded out most of it just before half-time. By that point, he, it was already quite expensive. Uh-huh. And then I think I had another 50. So I, I traded out 150 and I had another, uh, another 50 sitting there just inside the second half. Um, and he got a shot on target away just up, like a minute into the second half. So I think I traded out the rest then and just sort of thought I'll leave that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, try and mitigate the loss as much as possible, really. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't think I don't think I had anything else going on in that game, but it, it oh, felt I left like... that game alone as well. Yeah, it felt like there wasn't a whole lot to be had there. Uh, United 3, Sheffield United 0. There are a couple of talking points in this, I suppose. Yeah, so obviously uh, Martial getting his uh, first Man United Premier League uh, hat-trick, which is great for him. Um, but, I mean, apart from that, it wasn't great. Um, because even if, you know, if we look at, say, Martial's base score, um, you've got to take off a hefty chunk of that 86p, which it, it doesn't leave him with a lot in terms of a payout. I mean, it yeah. will take him down to what forty-one. Which it's not, it's not huge, is it? No, it's not great. I mean, so this is this is one of the things is obviously we've talked before about having these these strikers that are sort of 
pretty much pure finishers, and if they score, then they'll do well. Someone like Bardi or maybe Aubameyang. Um, yeah. To me, Martial, I've always thought of as being more of a winger, just because that's where he's mostly played at United. Yeah. But absolutely. that that performance was very much in the vein of a number nine who's going to take his chances but not offer you a lot else. Mm-hmm. And maybe while he's playing down the middle, that's that's what he's going to be. And he was he was very effective against Sheffield United. I mean, they were playing. They had Jagielka filling in at centre half, and obviously Dean Henderson couldn't play because he was because um, of United being his parent club. So they had Simon Moore in goal, which is is a problem in itself. Yes, I, me it be, me being a Cardiff fan, um, I know all all about how how much of a problem Simon Moore can be, um, which is part. Well, it's it's the whole reason really that I shorted him at forty p. Right. Um, I traded half of those out um, for twenty nine p and left the rest run. And I think he got a save and a claim right at the end, which. Uh, dragged his payout back up to thirty-four p. So I, you know, I I missed out on a on a little bit of extra profit there, I suppose. Um, but I also shorted Phil Jagielka, thinking, you know, guys like thirty-seven, he's not going to be able to keep up with uh, with the Man United attack. And um, although it did work out in the end, um, like the the fact that he managed forty-two p with three goals conceded is is quite good in all fairness yeah. yeah I mean that's the thing he did well and I'm I'm not surprised that Sheffield United sat back as much as they did mm-hmm. um, particularly yeah with with Jagielka sort of anchoring that back line um, and it, I mean I suppose that speaks to the fact that Martial did do very well in terms of say I mean if you look at his final goal he was played in by Rashford probably about eight yards from the goal right so they were actually playing in very tight spaces yeah they were um so it was it was a job well done by United to um to win that game in the in the in the fashion that they did. Um probably we've got time to do one more game quickly before the first market opens, which will be Arsenal versus Norwich. So uh Newcastle won, Villa won. This admittedly wasn't a particularly um particularly sort of action packed game. No, it wasn't. However, Trezeguet finally started. Um, oh, one of your favourites to short, isn't he? Oh, oh yes, he is. Um, so I I managed to short four hundred of him at forty four p, um, and he paid out twenty four p. That that's so, a big winner. That yeah, I traded I traded a hundred out at thirty p just to bank a little bit of profit and reduce some some risk and let the the remaining three hundred run. Um, which was like a, a huge win, like seventy four quid on that trade alone, Lovely which is stuff. just brilliant. Um, I did also short some maximum, um, and basically crapped out a half time, <laughs> which my my trade up price on him was a penny below his um, his final payout, so. It, it didn't actually make a huge amount of difference in the end. Right, okay. Uh, I, I mean, I lost 12 quid on him, but, you know, if, if I let that run, it, it wouldn't have been a massive difference as far as that's concerned. Yeah, so what he had, he had 10 dribbles in that game, 20p from dribbles? Yeah. And, like, it's quite, it's quite amusing because sort of 
if you're if you listen to this and you're actually you haven't listened to us and you're not on slack yet what you will see is the sort of match day chat when when a couple of people have all shorted the same player and everyone's just like just stop just just get him off the pitch it's it's quite amusing to watch it all unfold on slack to be honest yeah people rallying behind a guy having a, a shit a show just, yeah just to get him off the pitch so they can all make some money yeah yeah it's, oh, well. uh, it's always good fun but i mean apart from that there really wasn't much else in that game to talk about at all was there no i had I had back Jamal Cells, I think, in that game, and he was going all right until he got a yellow card, and then I think they conceded maybe shortly after. So that was a bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, so that, that was one that ended up being a sort of a smallish loss. Yeah. Because that's that's effectively what twelve p right there. Yeah, it's quite a Foul, big swing quite quickly. Yeah, those those kind of things are horrible, and it's obviously something that you know you all really need to to be aware of and look out for yeah when you're on the on the wrong end of one of those it, it can be painful and when you're saying that there are a few a few like that that we will come to um in some of these more recent games um jay should we pop off now just while we've got the arsenal norwich game going live yeah yeah that's fine cool we'll take a very quick break and we'll be back with you guys in a second Right, so we are back now for what I suppose is part two of the recording. We've had a little break. Um, we've had both markets have opened. It looks like the liquidity providers were a little bit slow to jump in, at least on the Arsenal Norwich game. But Jay, are you happy with the business that you've done? I am, especially on the Arsenal Norwich game. Um, although oh, I yeah. picked up a couple of players, um, like I shorted uh, Nicola Pep. Went long on Aaron's and Zimmerman, and shorted Enketia. Okay. The Enketia one is the one that I'm sort of most proud of because I managed to short him at an average of forty six p. That is very high. So yeah, I mean, I imagine he will start. I mean, knowing my luck, he probably won't start now at all. Um, but <laughs> even you know, even where he scored against Southampton, I mean, he he had a really poor payout like it was what 32p so it's it's pretty poor yeah um, yeah no that's to be fair that's that's very good price on him we'll get to that Southampton game in a second um and we can yes. we'll, we'll come back we'll come back to the trades we've just got in um in during that break in a minute once we once we're on to the preview i suppose um mm-hmm. i don't know why i'm in such a rush to get back onto the the review of oh, last yeah, week because the next, next is... one is is great, right? It's a brilliant game. Yeah, Liverpool it's like the best game of the week. Um, there was a lot. There was a lot of good football in there. It's just none of it was really from Palace. Um, no, I, I have. I have really no trouble in interesting that. stat. Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming you're aware of the stat. Uh, well, no, I, I might be, but I'm not sure exactly what it is you're, you're talking about. So enlighten me. All right, so that that game was the first game in history where one team has failed to get a single touch inside the opposition's box. The first game in history? Well, in Premier League history, apparently. Right. I mean, I'm not surprised that it's <laughs> us that's done that. Um, I mean, they, I'm quite surprised. 
I genuinely thought that you know Cardiff might have done it at some point. Well, actually, we've no, that's shit the two years we've been up. That's a fair point. That's a fair point because I am surprised that another team hasn't done it before. But I, I was I was watching this game with a mate and I was complaining to him about the fact that I I love Jordan Ayew. He's done really well for us this season, but there is a problem with the way we play with him up front because he does not mind hanging around sort of in the defensive midfield area or something just to do a few step overs and Cruyff turns. And he was doing that at times. And I was like, I was like, we don't have our best attacking outlet. So for our centre forward to be further back than our holding midfielder really doesn't give us much scope for getting out of our half. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I'm not surprised. About? I'm not surprised. And actually, yeah, now you say it, yeah, I I don't recall us really. I mean, we didn't really build any. any pressure on them at any stage. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that we didn't get a touch in their box. Um, but from a trading point of view, you did, like me, uh, get on uh, Max Meyer, right? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. I, I, as soon as the markets opened and I saw the lineups, I had a little goal on Meyer and I had a little goal on Milivojevic because Milivojevic seemed, you know, very likely to come on. And Meyer was, aside from Brandon Pierrick, who has, I mean, he's come off the bench a couple of times for us and maybe played an FA Cup game, Meyer was the only really attacking threat at all. Um, I mean, I say attacking threat, it seems a little bit kind, but. Um, he was the only, yeah, the only vaguely attacking player on the bench. So I thought, you know, he he will probably get on the pitch and maybe I can like flip him for, say, 19p or something once he's on. So I wasn't expecting to get on in the first half hour. That's not really the sort of thing you plan for. But um, on I for the for the 10 shares that I had in him, yes, I did. I did manage to make a 200% return. So that was quite nice. <laughs> solid, solid. I um, I was quite proud of myself for literally I shorted Trent um sort of on the lineups it's something that I I sort of tend to do quite often because he normally gets he normally gets to his his sell price um but then if if Liverpool have a quiet game or he has a quiet game he will tend to be 10 to 15 people low that sell price so that there doesn't always feel like there's a huge amount of risk involved in shorting him, right? Um, but I I traded out of that trade as he was lining up the free kick. Uh, there was just something that came over <laughs> me, and I was like, "Nah, he's going to score this. Like, he's going to score this, or he's at least going to get this on target." And it's it's going to be horrible for me because I think I was short. Um, was I short? Oh, I was only short two hundred. But I was just sat here and I was like, nah, he's, he's going to at least get this on target. So I was like, right, let's just quickly take the loss. Um, and then he scored and like it was great for me because I think if if I hadn't have traded out, um, what I, I would have gone one of two ways. I either would have just taken that loss straight away and it would have been a huge loss because his price would have been massively overinflated. Yeah. Um, or I would have... Uh, basically put all cards on the table and just gone even deeper into a short which you know that that would have paid off a heck of a lot in all honesty if I did do that because he ended yeah. up on 60p yeah in the end it was, it was quite a quiet game wasn't it for him yeah it was a very cool game for him 
Yeah, that. I mean, so, that's the thing. I suppose that that was um, maybe we did manage that quite well. Was to keep him quiet. It was just all the the other the other like ten players that we didn't really keep so quiet. Yeah, um, so like Fabinho getting up to seventy nine p. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, this is a thing. He he was you know he was very controlled in midfield, and it meant that for all the the energy we did try and muster to get out of our half. If we managed to make it past Henderson and Wijnaldum, he was there to cover them. And obviously, you know, when you've got Van Dijk and Lovren was on the pitch at one point. I can't remember if it was Lovren or Matip next to him. Um, I think it was Matip who started. Yeah. And Lovren came on, didn't he? Yeah, that was him. Um, and I mean, well, Lovren coming on <laughs> was the worst thing for a number of people on Sportstack. Did a lot because of people it, have a Lovren Shaw? No, a lot of people backed Mo Salah. And Lovren coming on was Liverpool's fifth sub, I believe. And therefore, uh, Mo Salah wasn't getting on the pitch. Hold on. was No, Salah scored. What game am I thinking? Are you talk, you're talking about Liverpool Everton. Uh, when Minamino yes, started. This, yeah, this is the problem, guys. Like, <laughs> There's too much it. football. It was, need, there's too many games for us to cover. We need a break, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, whatever. Whatever. In the end, it was it was quite a t- it was quite a tough game to watch. I mean, I suppose I didn't build up any hope, which made it easier as the goals were flying in. Um, that Fabinho goal that was a ridiculous strike, and the the move for the fourth goal was also really nice. And there's not really much could have done. The, the performances that are worth talking about, I think, is one Trent who was actually fairly quiet. Um, it's not He didn't have a great base score. Um, obviously, it was a wonderful free kick, but he didn't have a whole lot on top of that. So there was that was presumably part of Hodgson's plan. And maybe if we if Zaha had stayed on the pitch, we could have at least made it a bit more of a game because otherwise we just had nothing going forward. Um, Joel Ward made it into our, our Alpha Stack Team of the Week. And he... He was very impressive, actually, for 43p payout um, in a 4 0 defeat for a defender is really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think has has there been many weeks where there hasn't been a Palace player in the Alpha Stack team of the week? Yeah, I think most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just I was just fishing there. I was just fishing for a bite. In all honesty. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I'm I'm wising up to that. I'm wising up to that. I'll, I'll mention them in every podcast, but when it comes to the team of the week, I'm a I'm a professional and I'll select people only on merit. Um, and that was one. That was one. I mean, you have to admit where when I ran it by you, I did mention Trent versus Ward in that for the right back spot because um, there wasn't a whole lot else. And this is, I mean, this no, is there, kind there of wasn't a, much else that week at all, was there? This is kind of, has kind of been a problem with the last couple of blogs. Is just that because there are five subs, you've got less people paying out high scores. You know, you haven't got Quite often, the, the guys that are making differences in games say once a team goes two, three nil up, maybe they get they're getting pulled off, and those yeah, high scores aren't getting as high as they were previously. And games are just being played at a much slower tempo. Why exactly? I mean, how many you know, like we said earlier in the pod, how many you know first halves have we just like you could have fallen asleep to half of them? Like, let's be fair. I I know we've yeah. all missed football, and we're, like we're all. We we're all dying for it to come back, and it's it's brilliant that it's back. But the pace that some of these first halves are being played at, you do just sit here and like, 
What am I watching? <laughs> yeah, some of them have been quite painful. Yeah. Um, Southampton Arsenal was spiced up in the first half, actually, um, because Alex mainly McCarthy... That, yeah, mainly down to that absolute blunder. Yeah, that was a howler, um, regardless of what Opta thought at the time. Um, <laughs> McCarthy basically passed the ball to Nketiah, who was who was closing down, closing him down at speed, but he passed the ball to him, and Nketiah nicked it and tucked it into an open goal. And yeah. Opta gave an error leading to goal, then took it away again, and then reinstated it. Yeah, but they took it away for about... 20 minutes for quite a while yeah I can't imagine the debate that was going on there because it seemed quite obvious that it was entirely his fault well yeah I mean <laughs> yeah I mean he literally he may as well have just said to Nketa, yeah do you want to just run this in mate like I'm, I'm not bothered at this point in time yeah exactly and I mean the sort of goalkeepers making errors is becoming something of a theme it feels like uh, yes, they they do seem to be happening a little bit a little bit more often now. Um, yeah, and that is, I mean, it's something to always be aware of if you're going to go long on a keeper, right? Yes, that's that's one of the main risks. Obviously, it doesn't even it doesn't just come by itself. It comes along with a goal, so it's it's implicitly it's, it's a, a twelve point deduction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, that could be quite painful. Um, and then at Arsenal wrapped up the game in the second half. It was quite it was quite a professional performance from Arsenal because they they just managed the game quite well. And Southampton spent a lot of the game actually on the front foot and inside Arsenal's half. Yes. Um they just couldn't but, make anything happen. No, exactly. I think I think that's that's perhaps one thing Arsenal did do well because that Southampton team has so much energy and they're good at, at picking out the spaces and actually we'll come to the to the Watford Southampton game in a minute. But in yeah. Danny Ings' post-match interview there, he was saying how they'd watched the tape against Watford. They knew that in the sort of the sort of number 10 space, that's where Watford do leave a lot of space. So that's where he was trying to drop into so that he could get the ball, turn and run at the centre-halves. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, they will have done their homework on Arsenal, but they weren't able to make anything happen. So I think that's... I think that's um, it was a good display from Arsenal, and then yeah, they just wrapped it up at the end when uh, Jack Stevens got his red card. Yes, and after about three three blocked attempts from Lacazette, I think it was. Yeah, Lacazette uh, had a couple of goes at least. I think. Joe Willock had essentially an open goal. Yes, yeah, McCarthy think, was left on the floor. Yeah, McCarthy was on the floor, so you know he he, he practically had an, an open goal. Um, which people started to rave about and make out that he's, you know, some sort of genius. But, um, <laughs> you know, there we go. Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not getting swept away by by Willock at the moment. Saka is one that I'd I'd quite like at Arsenal, but with yeah, that, I, I quite like Willock of Saka. I I was short Saka and Ketia and Aubameyang in various quantities, um, either fifty shares or a hundred, which is is basically a smaller size than I've been trading in. Uh, generally, so those were all successful trades, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and but this is kind of part of the problem is that like the trades I've done in the last week, the good ones have been smaller ones, and then the ones that haven't gone well have happened to be the bigger positions, oh, and I've ended yeah. up getting absolutely smacked. One of my bigger positions actually was Benarek, and Benarek had a very solid game, but he ended up 
um, losing 10p from two goals that essentially weren't his fault. Um, yeah. So it's 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 a little bit frustrating that happening. Okay. Um, I mean, I was I shorted a Bamiyang um, around about half time. Um, in all honesty, and I mean that was that was going well, and I think for some reason I. I don't even know what the reason was. I think he was getting late on in the game and I was able to essentially just trade out at break-even um, because of the way it was starting to go in those last like 10 minutes or so, I was starting to get a little bit more edgy about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, things, things the momentum definitely know. started to turn. I mean, they played quite a few minutes of added time after at the end of the second half and that was pretty much almost 10 minutes of just Arsenal getting in behind Southampton trying to yeah. square it across the face of goal yeah. um, and in, in a way that actually did Ben, ben Rex some favours because I think he had two or three CBIs in that space of time but yeah that's a sensible time to trade out there I think yeah I mean in all fairness I mean I, I could have made about 12 quid on him but instead I lost 90p Um you know, if, if I let it run, but for me that that risk was just, yeah, do you know what? I just couldn't do it. No, that's fair enough. It is, I mean, that's that's a manage, manageable loss anyway. That's um, yeah, you don't mind that one too much. No, um, very quickly, Burnley Watford. Uh, I think quite a dull game. Burnley one one nil. McNeil being the bright spark again, wasn't he? Um, yeah, fifty p payout, but that obviously includes the assist. So, I, I again. A, Base power of what fifteen p there, which is pretty poor. It's it's not fantastic. I mean, Burnley have got their own injury issues. They've they've got Jay Rodriguez and Vidra starting up front together, who by default wouldn't be starting. Um, no, but things aren't looking so great for Watford. I I just don't think they've really worked out how they actually want to because it seemed, it just seems to be Didi offering himself about up front, but they don't seem to be actually managing to get out of their half and create chances. It seems to be a very rare opportunity where ball actually gets over the top and Saar maybe chases it down. But otherwise, I've not really seen them attacking with any real fluidity. Yeah, and there's, no, there's no sort of incisiveness. But, I mean, that game, I did have one trade which sort of epitomises my bad run lately which was back in Cabaselli who had a quiet first half and I looked at it and thought well second half Burnley you know the pressure might start to ramp up and he'll, he'll um, you know might get some CBIs ball recoveries whatever and he got brought off at half time so oh, that was yes, quite I remember this yeah that was quite an expensive loss um in just in a run of other big losses, and that, that felt like a proper kick mm. in the teeth because I was like, they haven't even conceded a goal. No, exactly. Um, it's one of I those. Mean, there might there might have been an injury that I haven't heard about, but yeah. Um. Yeah, I, it it is a really weird one. I'm I'm not gonna lie, because it's it's just out of the blue. But yeah, then, you don't you know. change your centre half at half time for no reason. Yeah. Um, he didn't play against Southampton. He so, didn't, so, so maybe there maybe was an injury. Is an injury. Yeah. Or maybe it's just this is who you're dealing with with Nigel Pearson, and he's 
a weird bloke. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't explain that one, but at that point, that took the wind out myself a little bit. And then yeah. the Liverpool game was actually quite costly for me because I had I was long Cahill, I was long Hennessy, and I was long Wijnaldum. And Wijnaldum, I traded out of at half time, and then he had a storm for a second half, and the other two cost me a load of money. So. <laughs> by, by, Wednesday, by Wednesday, I was like, I'm done with this for a little while. Like, I took I took Thursday off the Chelsea City game. I I watched a little bit of it, but I didn't trade a thing. So I was glad to have Thursday Friday off. Yeah, um, Chelsea City was actually a good game. It was actually a really really good game. Um, like I I made some of my yeah. I'm going to emphasise on some of my money back on shorting Man City players. Um, like I shorted Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, I think I went long on Rodrigo though, which was which was working out quite well. Uh, shorted Sterling, shorted Mares. Um, really had to double down on the Kevin De Bruyne short when he scored that free kick. Um, I had a free kick. It was a beautiful free kick. Um, so that was. I mean that. You know, that ended up working out great because he got booked in the build-up to Fernandinho thinking oh, he did. Edison. Oh, well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you, you you probably had your usual Fernandinho short on, didn't you? No, I didn't. This is literally right. <laughs> it's unbelievable, this has got to it? be one of the only weeks where I did not short Fernandinho. Yeah. And he it's goes and does stuff. that. And I, Unreal. I just sat there, and when I was watching it live, I sort of just—it literally was one of those jaw drop moments. I was like, literally, just sat here. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> like, of all the players to go back there, and like, I didn't even need to see the replay. Like, I saw it away. first time, and I was like, "He just flapped that away with his hand." Like he. He's going to get a red card, and there was nothing I could do because I couldn't even try and get on that straight away. Because obviously, Opta must have picked it up. The liquidity provider literally just wiped their Fernandinho book clean, so there was right. nothing I could do. And I was just sat here, I was like, Unbelievable. He, he's red card, penalty conceded, you name it, he's about to get it. And um, yeah, he ended up on 27p. And considering you can normally short him for about 49.51, somewhere around there. That could have been very lucrative. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. And I mean, to be fair, the, the Pulisic goal was also really nice. It was very nice. And you just look at Mendy and you think, like, what? You really can't defend, can you? I've, I've not seen as much from Mendy as I thought. He sort of, he sort of flashed some potential when he first moved to City. Obviously, I mean, he's been there, what, three years now and he's not actually played that many games, but no, certainly not, he's not, he's not the centre, the, sorry, the, the, the fullback that I thought he was. He, he doesn't seem to have sort of settled into his groove yet. No, I think he had, I mean, he had that first season, didn't he, where he was fantastic and he was your, he was your go-to Man City defender when you were looking um, at it from a FPL point of view, yeah, because or because of the assists, um, obviously then he had his injuries and whatnot, and it he's never really fully recovered. Even sort of going forward, you know, I think Zinchenko has pretty much nailed down that start, starting spot now. 
Um, yeah. But look at you know looking at uh, Benjamin Mendy now as a defender, that that challenge on Pulisic or that attempted challenge on Pulisic, like I've seen like eight nine year olds play football and they are drilled. Do not make that tackle. If you are that, if you are yeah. in that position, you do not go in because if that forward knocks the ball past you, that's it. They are in on goal, and you are game over. Well, the thing the thing there as well is that Mendy isn't slow, and he was no, so exactly. far from the goal. He he had a chance to catch Pulisic at least to put him off. Well, yeah, to keep up with him and whatnot, you know, just to yeah, like you said, put him off. Yeah, but he just decided not to do that. Yeah. And even if he was able to slow Pulisic down a little bit, you know, by not by fouling him, but you know, by trying to jostle the ball off him, uh, you had. I'm pretty sure it was Laporte then, or it might be not. I'm not 100 percent certain on who the other guy was, um, but they weren't too far behind. So if you can slow Pulisic down, you give your your mate a chance to get in on the action as well, and. You know, help stop the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think the the very quick sort of risk reward analysis that went through his head on do I make this challenge or not was was basically way off. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're going to make that challenge, in all fairness, you don't just stick a leg out. You you slide for that ball because it gives you much more of an opportunity to actually get that ball. <laughs> as far as I'm yeah. concerned, anyway. Yeah, you get you obviously you get a much bigger reach. Um, obviously, you could you know get sent off for it, but in all fairness, he could have got sent off for the tackle anyway. If Pulisic, you know, uh, got hit and went down because he was yeah. So all credit to Pulisic though for turning that into an opportunity because he picked up the ball well inside his own half. Yes, absolutely. And this is the thing that you know Chelsea essentially bought him for is. You know that blistering pace, and it's that's it's again essentially what they've bought Timo Werner for. Yeah, and that's, I'm, I'm... that's looking to be quite dangerous um, next season. I mean, they're going to have what Ziyech, Pulisic, uh, Werner, Mount, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi if he ever comes back to half the player he could have been. Um, they're just going to have so many options, right? Yeah, I'm I'm bullish on Chelsea next season. Um, for I feel like Lampard has not been given proper recognition for what he's done there because people have people have gone like, oh yeah, I'm not convinced by him. I you don't have to be convinced by him. The fact is, this is his first season in management, or sorry, second season, his first season at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, he's come in without being able to invest anything in the team aside from signing Kovacic just because they couldn't sign anyone else. So I suppose you might as well. Well, he was already there, wasn't he? He was, he was already there. So he's not exactly in addition to the squad, but they've got so many options across the midfield and they're all starting to look much better than they were. So I think people like Kovacic and Barkley particularly have looked much better this season than they did last year. Oh, Barkley for sure. Barkley's, you know, massively improved. And if you add Werner to the options they've got further up the pitch, um, they look they look in a in a pretty good place, I think. They do. They absolutely do. Yeah. Moving on now, okay, so that was technically the end of game week thirty one. We've so far had a couple of 
of the games for game week 32 with this weird schedule that's going on at the moment. So Saturday, uh, the 12.30 kickoff was Villa versus Wolves, so West Midlands derby. We chatted about this, Jay, about how the game was going to go, and I think we were fairly confident that Wolves would probably take the win, but they, it feels like they it wasn't they struggled quite as smooth it. as it should have been. Yeah, they they struggled for it um, quite a bit, which you know was a massive shock for us. I mean, you know, the goal came from Dandonka, which you know nobody really expected. Me in particular, I captained Jimenez on FPL. So did I. <laughs> look, look how, look how that went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was checking my team earlier and I was just looking at the fact that I've had two players play. It was Jimenez and Ward-Prowse who banged in a free kick against Watford. So I've captained yeah. Jimenez and now I've got nine other players that could will quite easily go out there and score more than two points. <laughs> and and yes. I've, had, I've basically played that captain card already, so I'm quite annoyed. But can't do, can't do too much about that. Um, yeah, Villa started the game reasonably well and, and as it wore on, Wolves grew into it more. I don't think I don't think Villa really ever created much, but Wolves didn't didn't actually create that much either. No. No, they didn't. I mean I as well as uh, as well as captaining Jimenez on FPL, I went log on him on Sportsack and that just that was a fail. That's like twenty quid down the drain. Right. right. <laughs> Which is always hard. Horrible to see when you know it's one of your favourite players on uh, on Sportsnet. Yeah, of course. Did you um, trade anyone else in the game though? I managed to get a little bit of Matt Target before he went off. Right. Okay. So I managed to sell a little bit of Matt Target before he went off, um, but that that was it to be honest. And I what I was nowhere near the quickest. Like his sell price was thirty seven p when he went down. Um, I don't know why there was there was that little bit of hesitation for me to do it, despite the fact that I was like watching it live and I was like, "There's no way he's staying on. Like he's he's clutching. Like he's there's no way he's staying on." And um, by the time I got on him, he was thirty p to sell. So I, you know, I I'm fully aware that I missed out there on you know a fair amount of profit. But you know, at the end of the day, profit's profit. It is. It is. As long as you can let those trades slide, you don't want to. Um, you don't want to let the meat away at you too much. No, exactly. Um, Sunday's game. Sunday's one and only game was Watford one, Southampton three. Uh, Southampton were just yeah, they were at the races again. They looked really sharp. Ings. Yeah. Ings is honestly looking the way he's been playing looks a better bet than Harry Kane up front for England um, at the moment. You really want to see Kane start to hit some form um if the euros were still this summer ings is is walking into the squad right and um, kane would be in the starting lineup on on name alone i think well well w- would it be ings or would it be vardy who gets into the squad well i mean could... vardy's technically retired from international football right yeah but you know could you Attempt on back for the Euros. I I had heard this on a podcast before that Vardy, if he was assured a starting spot, would come back for the Euros. I think so. Yeah. That I think that discussion came around the time that Kane got injured, 
and people were saying, okay, well, if if Kane's not playing, then Vardy could be lured out of retirement. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is potentially a discussion. But Ings Ings has been in in phenomenal form, and he's playing a sort of role of a complete striker. I think in terms of he runs in behind as well as dropping deep. He's everywhere that Southampton need him to be. Yeah, he is, and it's. I think it's great to see because you know he's one of these players that I've you know, I've I've watched a lot of sort of throughout his career, and I thought he suffered with a lot of injuries. Um, yeah, and, and sort of when you see some, you know, when you see a player like him now, you know, pretty much in his prime and delivering the goods, you always just think to yourself, like, oh, if you if you didn't have these injuries, like how how good could you have been like could you have been in your prime like two three years ago and you know smashing them in left right and center and you know being one of the best um and most highly regarded in the premier league whereas i know he's getting the accolades now but you know he could have been that player for like four years you know running sort of thing yeah well obviously he had his move to liverpool right and and i suppose the vision you have now is if he'd been doing this say four years ago, at this stage, he would be playing maybe at Liverpool or, I don't know, could, could it be a club yeah. like United as an exactly. English striker? Um, the, yeah, the, the potential, the potential is there. Um, I, I just love to see the fact that he, regardless of who he has playing next to him as the other forward for Southampton, he's still producing. It's not like he's, his game is predicated on a partnership yeah, um, exactly. where he's benefiting from another player being there. I mean, the, Armstrong and, and Redmond, particularly since uh, since we've come back from lockdown, have been really, really instrumental. Um, the energy in that Southampton team is absolutely stunning. Um, I can't yeah. get my head around it because those guys are mostly playing nine, well, at least sort of seventy minutes, yeah, um, exactly. game after game. Um, and James Ward-Prowse again delivered the goods huge with yeah. yeah, huge payout, stunning free kick. And um, you backed him on Super Stack. Yeah, and no, I basically demand a recount because um, <laughs> to to lose it by two p to Danny Ings. Um, again, this was one of those moments where if you were if you're in Slack, then you know, and if yeah. if you don't if you know if you're not in Slack, then unfortunately you you don't know. But the drama that. James Ward-Prowse scoring that initial free kick caused was brilliant. Um, and then, obviously, he had he had that free kick right at the end, which I was just there. I was thinking, like, if he if he bangs this free kick as well, like, nobody, nobody on Slack is ever going to forget this because I will make sure that nobody ever forgets this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, who was, who was making more noise at that point? Was it worried people who had backed Danny Ings or was it people going mad who had backed Ward Prowse when he, when he scored oh, no. that free kick? Basically, if, if you backed Danny Ings, the only times that people who backed Danny Ings appeared on on Slack was when he scored. For the rest right, of it, they must okay. have been, you know, bricking it because Ward Prowse was just picking up points left, right and centre, whereas Ings wasn't picking up points as consistently. Obviously, he had his spikes with the goals. Um, yeah. Whereas Ward Pass was constantly sort of like catching back up to him and they just stayed silent, wait until the final whistle. Got you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I like Danny Ings. 
Well, the, but, the one. You know, Sorry, go on. No, I was just saying, like, you know, as I touched on earlier, it was one of those games for me personally, like, from an actual trading point of view, was frustrating because I thought about Jack back in uh, James or Prowse at kickoff, and then I thought about it as he was lined at the free kick, and both times I just. I, I don't know, I bailed out of it, essentially, <laughs> with ultimate regret now. Yeah, that is quite painful. Um, so, well, pa- the painful part for me of that day was backing Ben Foster for Watford, as he's been, you know, so reliable for them. So, yeah. watching him throw the ball to Danny Ings for that second <laughs> goal was quite tough. Now, if I wanted, I I've, I've not actually discussed this with anyone, so it'd be interesting to see what you think. I think mm-hmm. giving him an error leading to goal on this is not necessarily unjustified, but it's certainly harder to argue that this was an error leading to a goal than it was for, say, Alex McCarthy, just because Ings actually had, still had quite a lot to do to score. Um, yeah, he did. I'll, I'll give you that. It However, was still an error leading to goal, but... It was still an error leading to goal. Let's face it, if, you know, if he didn't do that, then... Yeah. Things wouldn't have scored that second goal. I'd have won the super stack yeah. and we'd all be a hell of a lot happier. All right, yeah, forget I even <laughs> tried to make that point. Um that was that was just another expensive trade and it was it was I think I also I was long star at kickoff and I ended up trading out for like a two pound loss or something that you know it was minimal. Um but the foster position I had was twice as big. So again it was just the the one that I've let run or whatever has happened to turn into a pretty monstrous loss. Um, so as of as of today, I am yeah. winding back my positions. So they're all going to be smaller for now. So I can get my head around how football works in this new world that well, we're that, in. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. But that, uh, I, I don't think that you're going to be the only one doing that. And as I've, I've been telling people on Slack, I was like, look, Forget about the actual sort of uh, uh, entry gains. Uh, just look at it from the percentage point of view. Like, if you want to get excited over a, a two quid win, that might be, you know, 10, 10 15% on your exposure level. Go for it. Like, yeah. That's, that's a huge win, in fact. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not, it's not about the absolute um, sort of pound value. Of the win or loss, it's about percentage loss, really. Yeah. Um, that gets you followers on Twitter, but it, yeah. it doesn't. It, <laughs> the, the more important thing is the actual percentage gain. In all honesty. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, that's that's the bit to focus on. Uh, now we've got a couple of sort of admin bits to clear up in the middle here, right? Yes. So, um, as. As the platform's growing and sort of more people are joining in uh, on the app and sort of getting involved left, right and centre, what we're seeing a lot of, of is people asking, um, you know, just just about how players score points for X, Y and Z. And obviously I know we've got the video on the scoring table um, and, you know, it's, it's very easy to access on the app. Uh, but the one thing that we would really really recommend is know that scoring table like it's the back of your hand yeah. in effect because the more 
more you understand that, the more you'll actually realize, you know, what players are picking up points for. But also, when you're looking at the scoring table, uh, hit the question mark next to some of the some of the actions, because there's examples in there of why why such and such may not have got a tackle, for example, um, or they they might not have got like uh, tackled. They might they might not have lost that two p, and it's you know in in that example you've got the re the reasoning is if you know, let's say I was to tackle you, Dave, and let's just hypothetically say that, that Dan was on your team as well. If I was to tackle you and what we would perceive as a tackle, but Dan is then the next person to pick up the bag being on your team, you wouldn't lose the tackle points because you have to actually lose possession as the team. Yes. So little things like that that people don't quite fully see. Um, and obviously it's quite key in some of those examples. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be there will be points um when you're watching games where you think what's going on there. Things visually don't quite add up, but for most time, for the most part, there are there are good reasons for it. There was really uh, one really funny thing actually, and I can't remember if we ever cleared it up, Jay. When we were watching that Southampton Arsenal game during the week, where from a corner, Aubameyang was quite deep out in the edge of the box, and he tried a, a somewhat athletic volley, and the ball actually went backwards away from the goal, and I don't think oh, it was counted yes. as a shot at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. So you might you might end up with uh, with one or two instances like that, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah. as we as we've discussed before, we're on or Sportstack are on a sort of high-frequency um, data service from Opta that isn't widely used at the moment. It's so completely that, bespoke. That, that <laughs> service is being, is being, I'd imagine, improved um, sort of week upon week yeah. to, try and, to try and make it as accurate as possible. So those things will iron themselves out over time. I've got no doubt in my mind that, you know, there's going to be games when Nick is probably on the phone to Opta and look like clearly, clearly that that's a shot from a bandit. Like just because it's ended up behind him does not mean that it's not a shot. So yeah, you know, it is a complete bespoke scoring system. Uh, yeah. So not scoring system, the bespoke feed. And you know, because of that, there there will be sort of little things that you know we may look at and think, oh, that's that's not quite right, right? Uh, um. And like you said, it will improve over time. So just bear with it. It's definitely not essentially sports that time. If yeah. not, you know, most and all of the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's fair enough. Now, another thing. So we had an email from uh, Darren. So thank you, Darren, for getting in touch. He's basically been through uh, a couple of the blogs. He's listened to a couple of podcasts. The blogs rely very heavily. And we mentioned in the podcast as well, the idea of base score. And that's something I think we we defined in the first couple of blogs that we published, but it's probably a good time actually to yeah. reintroduce and remind everyone of exactly what the base score means, how we calculate it and, and why we think it's useful. You know, when we look at the base score, we are essentially taking out goals, assists, uh, goals conceded. Goals, uh, assists. Goals conceded. Yeah, that's it. No, no, it is. It is just, it is just um, goals conceded, goals and assists. We we li- we've left the penalties one in. Essentially, it's stripping out anything that 
isn't necessarily down to them. So, for example, where you know teams conceded a goal, it's not actually perhaps not your fault. And then yeah, on yeah. the assists, you're relying on the striker or whoever it is actually finishing the chance. And with the goals scored, there is variability in the fact that, you know, say the keeper goes the other way or something, they stop they stop you scoring. So it's, it's where you're relying on other people doing certain things. And if it does flip the other way, they're quite big actions to, to take account of. Um, yeah. So, I mean, how you how you calculate it is perhaps a bit arbitrary. You could argue perhaps that, say, a goalkeeper save, saving a penalty shouldn't be in there. Um, but at the same time, that is in part down to a goalkeeper's own ability as, as a spot kick stopper. You know, you've got, you've got, penalty, um, you've got goalkeepers who have a really good reputation um, as, uh, from stopping penalties. So there are, there are, you know, ways you could argue it and, you know, you're free to calculate your own base score if you want to, but that's how we calculate it for the purpose of the blogs. Yeah, we're not, we're not saying that that's going to be the um, sort of the most wide used. Uh, that's just how we, that's how, that's how we base it, essentially. Um, we're, you know, trying to drill down to specifically how that individual has performed and, you know the actions that they have taken to get to get to a decent score because we didn't even count the appearance um, in the base score because we're literally looking at what they've done on the pitch. Yeah, what you can expect them to get as as a bare minimum every game, and obviously then if you if they get a goal, then great. You know you you get an extra fifteen p, um, as opposed to you know just the five p for the shot on target. So it's really trying to drill down into what you can essentially expect purely from their actions on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, precisely. So in the bigger picture, you know, over time, if you can build an idea of who has the highest base scores, it will help you establish maybe who the more reliable bets are. Um, And that, that could be one way of of helping you to pick a player alongside, you know, gut feeling, how you think a game's going to go. Um, it's, it's just a, another sort of layer of analysis, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, tack on the end of that, a little plug for the for the blogs. If you haven't checked any of the blogs out, give them a quick look, see what you think. We've got our Alpha Stack team of the week in there, and we chuck in any particularly notable performances, good and bad. Obviously, you know, you can go short and long on Sports Stack, yeah. so... We normally like to get a, a sort of a clowning centre half or someone in there or Callum Wilson. Um, we'll we'll see if he features this week. <laughs> he he may well do. We'll find out. We'll find find out in fairly short order. We're going to preview most of game week thirty two. Um, we're going to mention yes. the games that aren't actually on, like the the market isn't live yet on the app. Um, obviously, when we get to them, but we should also probably mention that the next time we record. Um, we'll actually be looking at uh, game week 33 review because uh, game week 32 essentially finishes on Thursday. Uh, game week 33 starts on Saturday and finishes Sunday night, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and sort of so therefore we'll we'll essentially be reviewing game week 33, uh, pre- previewing game week 34. In all honesty, we're probably not going to have the time to review game week 32 because we do have a guest lined up for next week and 
we'll announce that properly um sort of middle of this week but it's it should actually it should be a very very exciting guest and there could be a a lot of insight for a lot of people <laughs> and yeah. so i i don't want to take up a huge amount of time sort of reviewing 32 and 33 um i'd much rather give the floor to the guest in all honesty yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough um blockbuster pod make sure you tune in yes um, right so with it's that said nick, by the way. it's Just not oh yeah it's not nick start. it's not nick <laughs> but that's not to play it down yeah <laughs> no tune exactly. in. Uh, right okay so what have we got coming up? So we're actually we're, we're recording. We're recording. It's now twenty minutes to kick off in the Palace Burnley game, which means we don't have long because I need to go and watch it. But we've got what, half hour. They don't kick off till quarter past, I think. Or is or is no? It's an eight o'clock kick off today, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's eight o'clock. So yeah, if the Premier League could stick to eight o'clock or quarter past eight, that would be great. Quarter past <laughs> eight is actually a really nice time. What do you think is going to be is going to happen here, Jay? Have you got anyone in this game? Uh yeah, I got Tarkowski. You got Tarkowski. Okay, so you are you doing it's, that? It's, the... it's, it's it's going to be a clean sheet, and Tarkowski's going to score at the other end from the corner. Whatever. <laughs> right. So um, so you you're going for Burnley being a little bit pinned down. Is that? I'm going for Burnley to be pinned down and in a in the most ideal world to get a cheeky corner and. You know, Tarkovsky goal, but essentially Burnley to be very much pinned down. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, I actually haven't got anyone in this game. I'd pondered the the duel that I I guess will be taking place between Joel Ward and Dwight McNeil on on Burnley's left side because obviously McNeil is pretty much their only creative outlet. Yes, and I think that possibly makes Joel Ward look like interesting value at forty three p. Obviously, we we've seen what he did defensively against Liverpool. So obviously in a game where Palace hopefully won't concede four goals, um, he he will... Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Um, he might stand up to the task against against McNeil, but I think I'm going to sit tight for now and maybe see how the game looks uh, once we're a few minutes in. Yeah. Uh, probably a good way of doing this, actually, is going through what trade you have on, Jay, if, you, if you're happy to do that. Um... um... We yep. don't have we don't so, have markets open, right? So it's probably not worth discussing those games where we can't even see the markets. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's not a huge amount that we can say about them. In all honesty, um, so Brighton, Man U, I don't have anything as of yet. Right. Um, I may may short Bruno Fernandez at some point in that game. But it all very much depends on how it's playing out, um, and you know that that's one of the things that you just you do as and when the game's on. You know, you, yeah. If if it looks as if because I think he played ninety minutes on in the week, or not even ninety minutes, sorry, the full one twenty. Yeah. Um, in the FA Cup game against Norwich, so yeah, he's got to be subbed around sixty minutes at some point, right? <laughs> you would think. You would think that. He's he's the main creative force if United are trying to get ahead in the game, but if they are 2 0 up around the sort of 60, 70 minute mark, then Oli might be happy to switch things around a little bit because yeah, you, you probably want him to get get a rest at some stage. Yeah. But I mean, even if you know, even if they're not 2 0 up, he's played 
pretty much every minute of every game since the restart and not too many players have done that um apart from you know your center backs in a sense because they're not doing a huge amount of running you could argue yeah yeah i know this is the thing with bruno is his energy is quite impressive and he yeah. seems to he seems to run more than anyone else at united in the field as well which is just crazy yeah crazy. Um, um but i quite fancy pogba for the super stack oh yeah Purely because I think he's quite possibly the one that's going to play the full 90. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he does. I think he's, he's had a few games, a couple of games. He's started get, to get back into it his legs. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I find it interesting that to win to win Superstack, he's priced the same as Mason Greenwood. I suppose without set pieces, he might struggle to hit a really high score. Yeah, uh, he might do. But it's 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 not a bad shout. Um, there's there's plenty of scope for rotation amongst United's sort of front line. Um, yeah, you just back. hope if you if you're backing Pogba, say you just hope that Martial doesn't hit another hat trick. Yeah, well, um, how often does that happen? Yeah. So. <laughs> Bournemouth versus um, Newcastle. Yes. I I feel so dirty from a Welsh point of view. <laughs> so I feel so so dirty doing this, um, but I've shorted Brooks and Harry Wilson. Oh um, no! It's literally like when I when I mentioned it to one of my mates before who listens to the pod and he's on Sports Stack anyway. Um, I I got a lot of abuse for shorting Harry Wilson, uh, for shorting Brooks. Sorry, and when I made like sixty quid off him, I got a lot of abuse for that. Oh um, yeah, the money I, makes up I, for him. So the money, yeah, the money makes up for it, and it's trying to get out of that thing where I, I naturally I want Brooks and Wilson to score a hat trick every week. It will yeah. never happen, and I've got to get out of that mindset. And to me, this is the only way that I can do it, and that's by trying to make smarter moves um, on on the exchange. And for me. I really can't look much further than a Newcastle win because Bournemouth are just terrible. Yeah, it really is. It's one of those games. It's one of those rare games where it looks like Newcastle should be the solid favourite just because Bournemouth really still haven't found their groove yet. Yeah. Um, and that the, that sort of bottom end of the table, bottom five teams or so, are just fighting out for who's going to be worst. Is is it's really bizarre because the way every team down there is playing is giving every other team <laughs> a chance to get out of it but none of them will because they're all just no. crap yeah because they're all really really poor yeah um so i mean from yeah from a newcastle perspective you i mean you can't really look any further than st maximum can you uh no he's the obvious one and because yeah. he's starting to get a price sort of you know up around 50p that's that's the sort of price where you think do I want can, to short him? Um, short? It's already, I mean, it's already cost me once doing that. So I think for now I'm going to steer clear because he he seems to be starting to starting to hit his groove, yeah. And against a team like Bournemouth, that's it where you expect could he's be gonna, very dangerous. Yeah, that's where you expect he, he's going to try and have some fun. Saying that, I remember seeing Palace at Bournemouth a couple of years ago, and they managed they shut down Zaha really well there with Brooks. Actually, I remember doubling up. 
with I think it must have been Adam Smith maybe on on that right hand side for Bournemouth and they they did a really good job on him so maybe Eddie Howe can do something similar. Um, yeah, see I, the, I the difference see with that is no offense to Zaha, but he's nowhere near as built as Saint Maximum, and as yeah. much as I love Brooks, he's like a paperweight. <laughs> like I love Brooks to bits but he is I mean compared to Seth Maximum he's a paperweight Seth Maximum will just nudge him and Brooks will fall so yeah I mean if I was looking at anybody uh, to go long in that game it would be Seth Maximum and he would probably also be my pick for Superstack in all honesty okay fair enough that's, that's not a bad shout yeah. uh, Arsenal versus Norwich which was the first of the two markets that opened when we were recording earlier Mm-hmm. You've got you've got yeah. a big uh, you've got a short on on Eddie and Katia. Yep, which I mentioned earlier. I managed to get yeah. him at a, a nice price of forty six p. That is certainly one to sell. Yeah, got a little short on Pepe as well. I think at forty nine p. And then I've gone long on. Did I go long on Zimmerman and Aaron's? No, I went long on Zimmerman. Um, because I feel that he's going to have a fair bit to do. And Max Ahrens, who, like, I will rip into Charlie if it doesn't come off, basically. All right, well, um, I can that's join just you gonna, on that. Cause that's going to be my get-out clause. Yeah, I'm, I'm also long on Max Ahrens, so I, I'll i join you on that one. I mean, I, I've also got Bellerin. I've got Bellerin at, I think, 41p. Uh, 42p which which felt like yeah. quite a good price um and they're just small positions to kind of like see how it goes i can't i can't see either of those going d- disastrously wrong so no we'll see how that pans out but i'm i'm pretty confident that arsenal will will quite comfortably win there yeah quite possibly um it's you know it's just who's going to get the goals i think Abamyang is he's due a performance now, isn't he? He's due a performance as we I mean as we've mentioned before, it's just weird that he he's getting stuck out on the wing. Um but maybe I mean Norwich I think are are susceptible when we saw it against Southampton, they're susceptible to being careless with the ball at the back and that, that Arsenal front line, whichever combination it is, if it's Aubameyang, Nketiah, Pepe or it's probably gonna be those three, I suspect. That front, yeah. that front three is quick, and if they do press Norwich with any urgency, I suspect they will probably create chances themselves. Yeah. So it'll it be it'll finishing be interesting. them. That's the problem for Arsenal. It is, yeah, it is, yeah. So, so I mean, I I do quite like your your short on Enketia for that reason because I think even if he does get opportunities, he he has proven to be a little bit wasteful in the past. Yeah. Um, Everton Leicester. Uh, this this game just feels really really open, and I I don't know how that's going to go. At I all. think nil nil. Okay. Well, not, neither team has has created that many chances in the games since lockdown. No, no. That so is true. I'm I I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being a fairly turgid nil nil. Centre halves probably do quite well. Uh, saying that, I've I've got certain too. But I, I'm not too interested in any of the forwards. No, I think the only thing that's concerning for me is 
I know people who've shorted Jamie Vardy, which I completely understand and I totally get the logic and reasoning behind it. But I do just feel that there's like, you're potentially playing Russian roulette with him, like especially at the moment, because yes, yeah. he hasn't scored um, since we've returned, but he's fully capable of scoring and it's only a matter of time. Like he will surely score you know, barring an injury, he will score before the season's out. And, yeah. you know, if if you're constantly shorting him, one of these times it's going to hit you and it's going to hit you hard. Yeah, I mean, at some point someone will be on the wrong end of that trade. I, I don't think it would be this game. I think if Everton can produce a sort of similar defensive performance to, to what they did at Norwich, I know... Leicester and Norwich are very different propositions, but mm-hmm. um, Everton looks, you know, reasonably organised there, and Leicester obviously haven't um, haven't got into their stride yet. So I'm, I don't mind that in this particular game. I yeah. think this, I think this one's going to be a quiet one. Um, just quickly before we wrap up, West Ham Chelsea. That was the second market that came live during the break earlier. Yeah, have you got anyone here? I have. I think for the third game in a row shorted Mikel Antonio okay I just I really don't see him doing anything in the game no no I mean as we as we discussed earlier he's got a pretty pretty tough job on his hands and and it's not going to get any easier playing against better centre halves than he's already come up against no and you know potentially Kante who could quite easily just nip in and you know steal the ball off him yeah uh, see that's often that's a trade that I quite like is Kante in that game on the basis that Lo Celso in the Spurs West Ham game had 13p from ball recoveries. It's just the way West Ham are trying to get out of their half quite often is pinging the ball up towards Antonio and you're ending up with maybe a flick on or a knock on or whatever, not getting to where it needs to be. Maybe the ball dropping down and is landing in the middle of the pitch there and it will just be a defensive midfielder comes and sweeps up for Chelsea. Um, so if that's Kante, then I think he stands to do quite well from that. At 47p, he's not cheap, but he is reasonably consistent. So, you know, barring maybe a booking, um, I well, don't Kante's think... Kante's never been cheap, has he? He's never been cheap. He's sort of like Ndidi in that respect. I, I, yeah. He's never been cheap. I think I think he's reasonably good good value for, for that yeah, sort of price. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Um, I've got I've got two trades from that game. They're actually both on West Ham players, so I've got a long on Declan Rice. I think I managed to nip in just before the liquidity providers or or kind of at the price of liquidity providers set. So I've I've got him at forty five P for a long, which I'm quite pleased with because he's I mean he, he, he put on a really good display against Spurs. So yeah, he did. so hopefully We'll see. We'll see that again because it looks like he's really starting to take charge in that West Ham midfield. Obviously, Nobles been there for a long time. He's getting on a bit, and Rice has got the legs. Um, there was a little string of play against Spurs where he looked kind of like Kaká dribbling past a couple of people and hitting a a decent effort. I think it went straight Laristo. So um, we'll see what he can do. And I've also got a short on Felipe Anderson, who actually I think I shot him at forty one p, and that's not great. I did see him at forty three or forty four, but I couldn't get my order in quite quick enough, and he dropped very quickly. So. Yeah. That's that's a bit annoying. Yeah, I but... think if he thing for him is whether he starts right. Yeah, yeah, he he may not start, and that may be 
Um, that may be a void bet, but I'm not too worried. As I say, I'm trading on smaller volumes at the moment, so I've got I've got plenty of money in my account if I see any opportunities come up. But yeah, um, that one seems obvious. That's that's the easiest thing to do, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we don't have any more markets open, so there's not a whole lot we can do. Jay, do you want to do picks for the upcoming games? Um. If I had to pick, let I mean let's uh, let's go with three. Uh, um, I think if if I was going to, um, it would probably have to be, um, definitely the short on Enketia, uh, definitely the short on Antonio, and probably on Harry Wilson. So three shorts, which could be very very costly. <laughs> it it could be it could be that's that's ballsy but you know there's I think it's pretty good reasoning behind them. All right, I, on that basis, I will go long Soyuncu, Bellerin, and Max Aaron's because he's nice and cheap. Okay, um, yeah, that's fair. Right, well, well, we'll we'll lay that out, but I feel like still the picks game is almost a little bit obsolete at this point because I we're still getting to grips with what what post lockdown football looks like. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot to learn here. Jay, have we got anything else to, to drop in before we wrap up? I don't think we do, do we? Uh, no, I think the only thing that we probably should mention is, yeah, if you're a Liverpool fan, congratulations, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, nobody needs that much, but, you know, Man City should, in theory, be giving you guys a card of honour, which is probably fantastic for you. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's quite a funny one to watch. Um, yeah, especially sure when Pep, it's going to be Sterling. Oh, God, yeah. That'll be painful for him. I'm sure Pep won't enjoy having to do that either. No, although I, part of me thinks that, you know, Pep will be gracious in defeat. He will be. He I will think be. he'll be gracious in defeat. I think Sterling will be the one to watch. Maybe maybe a short on Sterling because he, he might get himself booked in that game. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, he could well do. <laughs> he could well do. But, yeah, I think, I think that's pretty... Pretty, pretty much it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just double down now um, on checking out the pod. As sorry, not the pod. This is a pod. I'll check out next week's pod while we're on that. But also check out check the blogs. them all out. Yeah, listen to all of them. Um, but check out check out the blogs as we mentioned earlier, and also join the Slack channel um, as we said at the start. But you know, if for some reason you missed that, join the Slack channel. Um, the link will be in the description. We can get it to you on Twitter if you can't get the link for whatever reason, and. Yeah, we'll we'll catch you on Slack um, and also next week. So have yeah. fun trading, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.